Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. It's good to see you guys' bright and shining faces. It's good to be back in the saddle. It's nice to see you, Anna. Welcome from down under, I guess. So, um, anyway, let's pray. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for just loving us and in your heart for us and, and how good you are to us at all times. And so, Father, I thank you for that, and I give you the praise for it. In the mighty name of Yeshua, amen. Hey, it's great. Great. Thank you to everyone who, who's been speaking and doing all that work, and uh, from George and Will and Jim, all your hard work, and then Pastor Philip, too. Well, tremendous, man. Tremendous. So, so we're really blessed to have all these guys in, in this church. And so um, not, not many churches are blessed like that. And so we are. And so, in fact, last week I was filling in at another church for a pastor friend of mine. And um, so it's great to have. And Pastor Moses, too. Good Lord. Like, we, we're just overflowing with abundance. So thank you guys for all you do and all you are. And it's just a real blessing. So um, <clears throat> I was praying about what, what to preach on. And the Holy Spirit keeps putting a few things on my heart and um, one of the things is I kind of learned it from a chicken <laughs> like this week there's I went to the barn and, I, and where I go to the barn I open the door and I can walk in the barn and, and it's like it's a red barn it's beautiful and I, I love it I love the old style barns right and so I just open this barn and I open the door and I look down and there's this chicken. But this chicken had its head. It was bloody and, and all torn off. I was like, man, someone must have missed it. They're trying to chop its head off, right? Because that's not what that chicken's supposed to look like. But it's just laying there. I was like, is it alive? And so I went to touch it. And, and I could tell it still had a breath. And so, so I was like, what in the world's going on? So it looked like a coyote or something. It got its head, but it was still alive. And it had this gas. And, and so um, I, it's not my chicken. Right, I have horses, but I don't have a chicken. So I called the people that 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 own the um, chicken, and I was like, "Hey, you got a chicken hurt? I think coyotes." And so they come out, and they get the chicken, and um, I got some vetricin. It's like miracle stuff. If you ever get a cut or something, just go to the, go to the co-op and buy vetricin. It's called vetricin, and you squirt this stuff on, and it's like better than water. Like you can get it in your eye. So I just squirted it all over this chicken's head. And, and and I was like, hey, I mean, you got to save the chicken. What else? If you don't save them, where are you going to eat? Right? Which is ironic because at home I had chicken on the barbecue. So I'm barbecuing a chicken, getting ready to eat it while I'm trying to save a chicken that I don't even care anything, that I don't even know anything about. Like, how? what's the irony in that? Right? So here he's holding it and I'm squirting it, and you know chickens aren't easy to hold, right? Yeah. Squirting around like, and he's trying to hold it, and I think I got half of it on him, and, and so it, it, it was quite fun, but he went to put it back in the pen with the other chickens, and I thought, oh great, this is going to be awesome, because they're going to come over and say, oh, I'm so sorry, chicken, I didn't know the coyote got you, I'm glad you're home. And so he sets it down, and do you know what those other chickens started doing? Pecking it. 
they started trying to hurt it. It was like they were trying to kill it. It was like they were trying to, to just get it out. Hey, you're wounded. Hey, you're hurt. Get away from us. In fact, I wondered maybe if they might even try to eat it. Like, I was like at that point, man, are they that hungry? And so, because like, I don't like chickens anyway because they're messy. Chickens, ducks, you know. And so they don't just leave eggs behind, right? And then they'll burrow up in your hay and you're trying to feed your horses. So anyway, I watched these chickens treating this other chicken. And so we had to get the chicken out and then he put it in a dog kennel. And this morning I, when I went to feed, I looked in there and the chicken was up and bright and looking good. And I was like, yes, I saved it. Maybe now they'll get to eat it someday, you know. <laughs> but, um, but it made me think about life. And about people. Not just people. What about Christians? You know, we see people that get hurt. We see people when they're bloodied and battered and wounded. Maybe, maybe they just ran into a well, Maybe that chicken didn't run into a coyote. Maybe it just like, hey, I'm going to kill myself. Or I'm going to destroy myself. So it just put its head down and started bashing it against the wall and cut it all open. It, it doesn't matter why the chicken was wounded. The fact that the chicken was wounded, but should have had safety with the other chickens. And it made me kind of sad because I look at this world so much, and it's not just in the world, but like I see it in church too, in Christians. And I know I'm getting nitty-gritty, not necessarily this church, you know. But I see it in our own lives, in our own personal lives. It's too easy when we see someone who's wounded when we see someone who's hurt, when we see someone who's going through something, to be the first one to go pecking on them. To be the first one to try to, you know, hey, well, look at them. Well, if you'd have done this, if you'd have done that, or if you'd have done that, or if you did this. And they're like, duh, I know. Like, I'm bleeding and I'm hurting. And so one of the things that really, really stands out to me is that, that I grew up thinking God was like that. I grew up thinking that God was like those other chickens. Like, if you weren't perfect, if you didn't do everything right, if you didn't dot every I and cross every T, that, that you were, usually I say cross every I and dot every T, so I was <laughs> right, right? Right? Then you ain't good enough for God. You can't live up to it. And it was a horrible way to grow up in some aspects. Now, my dad was great. He loved me. But somehow that when that when I got that aspect, it made made me have a belief about God that wasn't true. And here's the thing: what you believe about God is how you will act towards Him. If you believe that God's this big mean ogre that wants to beat you up every time you mess up, guess what? You're you're going to say, you know what? The heck with this! I'm out of here. Right? Why would you want anything to do with a God like that? And then if you tried and then you just keep trying and it's like you're never good enough, like you'll never live up, like it's never going to work out. And you just keep beating your head against the wall trying to be good enough for a God who was said, you know what, you're so, I love you so much, I will send my son, my only son to die for you so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Not just when we die and go to heaven, but give us life right here and right now. And that is the gospel, and that is the good news. And so the God that we, and here's the thing, it's about our thoughts. 
It's about our minds. How are we perceiving God? How are we perceiving other people? Because I guarantee you, how I thought about God was how I thought about other people. I grew up where it was just as easy. Well, that person's doing this or that person's that. Well, they're going to hell. And we're so, I was so quick to send someone to hell. And God was so good, he sent his only son to give them life. And he wasn't worried about them going to, just going to hell. He was worried about their life right here and right now. And so it really has gotten on my heart. Like, I don't just want to be like um, a fire insurance salesman. And I definitely don't want to be a judge other than this. I don't want to judge anyone except by the finished work of Jesus and what he did and he accomplished on the cross. And then that opens us up to see who God is and how much he loves us and who he is and what he is for us. And it changes our thoughts from trying to be good enough to realizing, you know what, I am good enough. I am a son of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said it. He, he's like, he was even like, hey, the, he's like the, the um, Pharisee of Pharisees. He is a Jew of Jews, man. He had it all. And if anyone knew and would have been able to keep it, it should have been Paul. But Paul says, what I try to do, I don't do. And what I want to do, I don't do. Who's going to save me? And then he talks about God's grace. His superabounding grace, how it's sufficient not, not so that, that Paul could keep on messing up, but because that's what gave him the power to live and walk. The Bible says that in him we live and move and have our being. And, and as I go through my life, I find more and more and more that when I start living from this flesh, like we talk about the flesh, that's where I start going off the rails. Right? Because when I try to do stuff by the flesh, guess what happens? It, it unravels and it messes up. And so I, I've learned this one thing that, that um, the best thing for me to do is to trust Jesus. Amen. Trust Jesus. Trust him in his work. Trust him in his finished work. Trust him in who he is. Trust God that if he gave me his son, his only son, he gave me his best. How much more will he do all these other things? It's just crazy how, how God puts those things in, in, in my heart. I was driving down the road and, and I was kind of frustrated about some stuff going on because uh, with, with hay and the hor- and horse market and cattle market and all the stuff, because a lot of the farmers and ranchers are really struggling. Like down in Texas, they're lined up for miles trying to just dump stuff and and so, and I'm, I raise horses, right? And so I was really frustrated. And I was like, God, I don't know. There's some things that, that I really don't like how this worked out for me. And um, so as I'm driving down the road, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me. And it was like the oddest thing. Because I was like, do you ever get like in these, um, what do you call it? Um, my friend Teddy Bear calls it the Billy Goat Syndrome. Anybody ever get the billy goat syndrome? Where you're like, oh, it's me, whoa, it's me, whoa, it's me. And like, listen, I have to put up with goats where I'm at. Like, like if I was with George, they'd just eat them. 
right? And George, please come eat them, okay? Right? But, but they're, they're, like, I got tackled by one. Like, they had this billy goat, it's got these horns, and it come at me, and it dives at me, because it's like, I was move out of the way, and, and it, it missed me, but I grabbed its horn, and when I grabbed its horn, I tripped. And I tripped, and this thing's sitting here trying to butt me, and so I'm trying to, you know, steer wrestle it down like you do a steer, but their heads don't turn like a steer. So they're, they're I don't know what they're made of, rubber, right? So here he is trying to butt me, and I'm trying to turn his head, and finally I get him off me, and I, and I was like, whatever, right? But, but I had the billy goat syndrome driving, and as I'm driving, I'm sitting there, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he's like, I trust you. Whoa. What do you mean you trust me? And he goes, I trust you. And I'll never forget that. Because I was like, you know something? Can I be honest? Because right now I don't know if I trust you. And you know, when I was a kid, I never would have been honest with God in those kind of times. I wouldn't have been honest with other people in those kind of times. Am I the only one who's ever thought that? That ever said that? Maybe you're there. Maybe you're out there and you're like, God, I don't know. I don't trust you right now. Everything's falling apart. Everything looks like it's not going to work out. What am I going to do? Guess what? Just talk to him. So I was just like, I, I don't know that I... And he's like, like, I trust you. And then I really realized that it wasn't me who didn't trust him. It was my flesh. Do you ever get these memories of bad things happen that happened years and years and years ago? And then when, when those things, your, your subconscious, your flesh, automatically wants to pick those things up and it starts replaying this. And as it's replaying this, like you, and then you start assuming things, but you know what happens when you assume, right? You break that down, right? And then all your mind starts going off on all these things instead of focusing and staying present on who you are and who he is. And the moment that we can come back to that, it really helps you come back to it because you become aware. Like, man, you're using all these fancy, you know, whatever language that like, like that's exactly what we need to be. We need to wake up. We need to be aware of who we are and who he is. Because greater is he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in the problem. Greater is he that's who? In, in me? I thought he was in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he. That excites me when I think about that. It puts the focus back to a relationship and not a religion. All right? Religion will kill. Jesus didn't come for us to have a religion. Jesus came for us to have a relationship with him. And when we have that relationship, then all these other things start working out for us and and I'm so thankful for that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think 
I didn't write that. I love that scripture. But we stop right there at think. You know why? Because it says something according to the power that is work at work with in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Everything goes back to being in us. Having a relationship with him in us. Being honest with him where you can have a relationship with him and talk to him. When, you, when, when you're struggling with something, get aware of that and, and be honest with God and say, hey, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling with my faith. I, I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling with that. And then we run to him instead of running away from him. And that's where we find our love. That's, that's where we find our life. That's where we find our hope. I was reading in 1 John chapter 3, or chapter 4, verse 7, and it says this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Where does it come from? Not us. Like, we can love with the flesh, but everything we do with the flesh comes with a price. A lot of things. But when we love from our spirit, who we really are, and, and we love God, then that's our first thing that helps us love everything else. Just like the Ten Commandments aren't about rules, they're about relationship, about our relationship with God, and then our relationship with people. And there's not just ten of those suckers, man. For a Jewish person, there's 613 commandments. See, and you're like, well, I'm a, Jew. I'm a Gentile, so I don't have any. Oh, yes, you do. The rabbis talk about the Noahide commandments and there's seven of those and I promise you you can't keep seven either not not on your own but those 613 commandments in the flesh become a curse but in the spirit they become a blessing it says today I, I set before you life and death blessings and cursing choose which do you want see Adam and Eve had that choice in the garden right they, they were eating from the tree of life, but they said, now nah, we're going to eat from, from the religious tree, from good and evil, instead of seeing life. And life isn't a tree, it's a person, and his name's Jesus. You'll find your hope, you'll find everything in him. Because it says, in him we live. Why? Because he is life. In him we move. And then that gives us, that gives us the confidence to go forward. Now, in the Bible, you look at people and, and, and like you see, you see like David was perfect, King David. Like Jonah, do you see how perfect Jonah was? Right, think about King Saul. Obviously, he went off, he went off the like haywire, fell off the wagon and just really messed up. Like look at all these great people. Elijah, Elisha, after a great victory, after seeing God move, he's, he's having a pity party. God, I don't trust you. God, where are you at? And God's like, you know what? I'll, I'll get up. What's the matter with you? Get rid of that billy goat. Let's have a barbecue and move forward. And I love that. Don't be so hard on yourself. 
let God have the opportunity to move because you were born and created for this time and this season. No matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like, He's for you, right? Why? Because He is love. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from where? From God, right? Everyone who loves God has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, does not know God does not know God because God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He, um, he gave us a new house. He gave us a job. He healed us. Oh, all those things happen, but it says here, you know what, how he showed us he loved us? This is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son, the son whom he loved into the world that we might live for him. Through him. Through him. Right? Sometimes those kind of things can be a little confusing. I was remembering the story of several years ago. Like all I do is horse stuff. I do horse stuff. Like that's that's my life. So in my fun time, my hobby stuff is horse stuff. And so so or I, I like college football. I gotta tell you, I like I like one college football team. Go sooner, boomer sooner, right? But um, my wife's like like, honey, you need a different hobby. Like all you do is horses. You need something different. And I was like, okay. So I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, you know what? I like to eat. So I was like, I'm not a very good cook, but I need to learn something. So I was on the internet, and um, it's like Facebook, and they had this thing sign up, and it said salsa classes. <laughs> so I signed up, and I got me a bag of, of chips, and I was like, I'm going to go prepared. And you know what? I got there, and I didn't even get to eat my chips, so I left. They were jumping around and dancing and doing all this funny thing. There wasn't no salsa about it. And I was like really, really confused. It wasn't what I, it appeared to be. It was dancing. Yeah, can you imagine that? I did eat my chips. I had to go to the store to buy some salsa. And I was like, I never went back because I was like, they tried to kill me, man. Like it's torture, right? But, but sometimes... Things aren't exactly as they look or appear. We, we see stuff only through certain goggles and our, through our certain experiences and through our certain understanding. And that's why it's so important that we live in the spirit and not in the flesh. Right? So you're, everybody talks about the flesh, but they don't break it down because we have a, a conscious. Like, like, like most of our thoughts, though, and then we have a subconscious. Then we have our heart, right? The, the Bible sa- says that it really it comes, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. So we hear, we get the faith, and the faith drops down from, from our head down to our heart. But it's got to go through the subconscious thoughts too. And so we act as head, heart, hands. We don't act out of what, what we say. We act out of what we believe. And so in the flesh gets in the way of what sometimes of what our spirit really believes. Right? And it's because our brain's going 90 miles an hour. 
And, and, and um, am I the only one that ever does that? Like, am I just preaching to the choir? Or, yeah. Right? But it's our head, heart, hands. And so God wants to, to live in and, and through us. And I totally forgot where I was going and trying to explain all that stuff. That's really good, right? So let's go back to the scriptures. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Where? Through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in heaven. God lives where? Where does he live? Through us and in us. And his love is made complete in heaven. In works. In what? Can, can I, can I, I can't hear. Did you guys say that? In what? In us. In us. Who's us? I'm a us. Right? You're an us. It's in us. And we know that we live in him. There's no separation. We're in him and he's in us. There's no separation. Although we think sometimes there's separation, but that separation is not in God's mind, it's in ours. Like Pastor James, that, that's silly. Well, just go over just a little bit in, in the first John 3, and it says this. This is how we know we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for we know God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive any and receive from him anything we ask. What does it say? If, if God doesn't condemn us, it says it's our hearts. The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth and we are saved. That's how everything works in our lives. We believe in our heart, confess with our mouth. So he's saying it's not God condemning us. It's not God doing it to us. We're doing it to ourselves. And a lot of times we're not intentionally doing that either because we're so stuck in just living this program. You know, you have like 65,000 thoughts a day. And you know that like 95,000 or 95% of those are the same thoughts that like you had the day before? Yeah. We get into this routine. Like anybody get up at the same time? Anybody? Like I don't always do that. Like I'm really bad. Like I'm a bit. But I, actually it's kind of a pattern for me. Because like my pattern is I don't want to get up at the same time. <laughs> right? So, like, kind of, it's, I'm still, still doing the same thing. But we're always, it's almost like we're robots. Like, we don't even have to think. 
right? Like when we played, when I played football, we practiced. You know why we practiced? So that when it come game time, we didn't have to think, we could just do it. Right? And that was the best part of it. It was like, okay, I know if this happens, that happens, then I just, boom, I go do this. Right? He says, you know, hut, 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 on three, you know, on one, whatever. And I knew where I was going. I knew what I was doing. And we had done it so much, I didn't even have to think about it. And that's where we get, is we live life and we're not really conscious or, or aware of that we're living life. We're just robots, man. We're living in the past and just going off of yesterday. And I'm out of time. Although they told me since I was gone a couple weeks, I could make up for it. <laughs> the point is... Is there, can I see that slide real quick and I'll close this up? What's that? Two slides. I seen this and it said, society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they never shall sit in. And then it's got this guy and he says, son, one day you will appreciate the truly important things in life. And I don't think that's just about people and places. I think it can be about what we plant in our hearts. I do think it's about what we're doing now. We look at everything and we're looking for results right away. And God's like, man, if you'll just trust me and plant seeds, watch what I'm going to do in the future. And then you see the second. He said, thanks, Dad, for the important things in life. See, there's those little things that you think aren't so important that are the most important like loving people. Pretty. Seems like it should be a pretty easy thing to do. But here's something. Not just loving other people. Love yourself too. And let that relationship come between you and God. Amen? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.com dot o r g